Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and the rest of you, our community who's joining us online. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And it's great to be back from the holidays. It uh, is. It is. Uh, you know, I got to preach last week, but there was nobody to do a podcast with. <laughs> so, uh, actually, that's a joke, because I was sick last week, so we didn't we didn't get to do mine. Boo. Uh, but hey, Dave preached Sunday. <laughs> Uh, and we've started our new series, uh, called wrestling with doubt, um, which I think is, I mean, not just incredibly important. I think it's, uh, um, I love talking about the topic of doubt and as a spiritual person, um, because my own kind of faith journey, I've been around some really great teachings on doubt and I've been around some not so great teachings on doubt, um, I think Dave not only crushed it, but I think especially with everything that's been going on uh, in my personal life, but everything that's kind of going on around me and people I talk to consistently about kind of what what's happening in their lives and what God's up to and and culturally and globally and all the things that are going on, I think that this is an incredibly value valuable topic to to discuss and talk about. And Dave, I think you brought not only a really good uh, godly perspective to it. I think it's just an important time to talk about it. Um, the spirit is with us. Uh, I got to find something to do with that, by the way, maybe like, uh, I don't know, got to find some gimmick. That's right. That's going in. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, uh, you came out of Genesis one, 26 through 28 and mm-hmm. Matthew two, 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give us a little bit of context? Sure. Uh, so the, well, let's talk about the series just a, a little bit more. Um, not only is the series generally about doubt, but we're really answering kind of the questions that everybody asks. So, right. so uh, you know, I'm using uh, Adam Hamilton's book uh, by the same name, Wrestling With Doubt, uh, kind of as a, a, a guide. Uh, and he was, he had the resources to, to do a survey of, you know, thousands of, of people and ask them about doubt and the, the questions that gave them doubt and reason to pause about their faith. And so the, uh, the six week series is really the six top questions, uh, that people have right. uh, about faith. And so, uh, I was eager, uh, eager to really kind of do a series, you know, trying to answer the questions that people have mm-hmm. and address those issues that are real, uh, uh, stumbling blocks in a lot of people's faith. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of the advent of the series and, and when, where it's coming from. So this question about, um, you know, well, if, if God is good, why, why do the innocent in the world suffer? Uh, and I think it's laid out uh, It's why I chose the Genesis passage. I think it's laid out really well right there where it says uh, it's, we're coming from, this is the, the first creation story. Uh, this is on the seventh day. God created humanity on that on that day, and then the passage says, and then God gave uh, a humans dominion over the birds of the uh, air, the fish of the sea, um, uh, and really that's the the key right there that I really want to touch on. Uh, what is being referred to in, in, there is in theological circles we call it free will. So God gave humanity dominion over creation. He gave them uh, uh, freedom to do what they would uh, with creation. Uh, this has been used in negative ways, uh, you know, people justifying, well, 
God gave us permission to pollute, and God gave us permission to tear down mountains, and God gave us permission to to do all of these things. So it's used as justification for really uh, destroying uh, creation, mm-hmm. uh, which is not really what I think um, uh, is something we should be bragging about. Or you don't a big say, Dave. About, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, dominion in the the Hebrew word uh, that that comes from is the same word that means uh, to rule, mm-hmm. uh, as in a king would rule over uh, the kingdom. Yep. Um, we can look over, uh, you know, throughout the history, throughout scripture. There's certainly uh, tons of examples of kings who ruled well, and they were reckoned as righteous. And the you know the stories about them talked about how well they reigned and how well they ruled when they took up the godly kind of uh, perspectives of taking care of the, the least, the last, and the lonely within the kingdom mm-hmm. and, and making sure the widows and the orphans were cared for. Those are the uh, 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 kings that you know were held up as the example. Their rule, their dominion was, was, was well. It doesn't uh, sound like a lot of the rulers that I know that people like revere. <laughs> you know? Oh, they took care of orphans and widows and made sure everybody had enough and people were taken care of. Boo! <laughs> like, well, if you're in that society and you find yourself as one of those who are in need, then you're gonna you're gonna sing their praises. I'm just highlighting the <laughs> contrast of of what you know, and I think you're hitting this already. And let's 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 expand this point real quick mm-hmm, before we get mm-hmm. to the other one. So, but. So, so there is a, if I'm hearing you right then, so in this part in Genesis 1, 26, 28, right? Like we can read our own meaning into, well, the Hebrew word translates better to ruler, but the word ruler in this context is not defined by our perspective of what a ruler is supposed to be or what a ruler is. It's defined by what God says a ruler is. Well, we get to decide how we want to rule. 100%. That, that we have free will in that. We are. We have free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, is our will going to align with God's will? 100%. Right. So so good clarification there. So I'm not saying we're automatons or robots and God just like puppets us. No. But what I'm getting at is the joke I made, right, which is, you know, oh, I've heard the word ruler before and people have, and there's a lot of different kinds of rulers, um, but the way that God defines a ruler after, you know, quote unquote, God's own heart or the way that God has intended us to rule as people, right, looks very different or can look very different than like what our perspective or, or what human beings would consider. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's a just ruler. And I go, they just killed like half the population. Like that's not a, that's not a just ruler. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, then you have these lineages of Jewish kings, right, who when they're referred to as righteous rulers... There are people who seem to be very focused on people's quality of life and access to medicine and and being safe and and opportunities and taken care of and and it's not necessarily what those people produce. They just have inherent worth and value because they matter to God and and then you know we 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 love them well and and huh <laughs> so. It, it, Correct. Like we, we can decide how we want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that you, you hit, what were the three you hit of pollution, destruction, other things. And then, you know, I, I could, I've got a laundry list of, you know, Christian buzzwords or phrases I hear from people in the church of this is what it means to rule your household. And I go, Whoa, hold on. What do we, <laughs> well, or yeah. 
pa- mm-hmm. as pastors, right? Pastoral authority, you rule like, and I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I'm just calling attention to this phrase and this statement you're making, because I think you did a wonderful job Sunday of kind of explaining this, and we're talking about it now. But um, it's really important, I think, especially in the overarching theme of this conversation we're having around suffering, right? Um, of it's critically important, if you will, to understand this well. And as God has intentioned it, or what God is asking and desiring us for to do from the position of ruling in context, because it helps this other part we're going to go into. Um, because if it's not done well, or if it's not done in obedience or into submission to what God's will is, as God has intentionally designed us and created us to do this, mm-hmm. there are some very serious, uh, devastating consequences to it not being done well. True. <laughs> <laughs> Which we see later yeah, in yeah, Matthew 2, yeah. 16, 18, yeah, where it's like, yeah. hey. <laughs> so I chose uh, uh, the Matthew passage. Uh, you know, we're in the uh, season of Epiphany, so that Epiphany is the the story of when the wise men come, mm-hmm. where the three kings, uh, you know, whatever your tradition is around the name of those, uh, where they come and they recognize who Jesus is. And so Epiphany mm-hmm. is about Jesus being revealed. Uh, to the world. So the wise men come and they recognize Jesus and then they don't go back home in the same, on the same road that they came. They came through and they talked to Herod on the way. And so Herod on the way in, on the way to see Jesus. And so Herod knew, you know, that the, uh, they were going to go recognize a King who was not Herod, uh, that they were uh, going to, going to have Jesus be revealed. Uh, and then they were uh, told in a in a dream. The passage says to go another way, or to go home by another road. And these dreams in the Gospels uh, are man. very helpful. Yes, they are. <laughs> Almost like God is kind of helping. Uh, the The passage then goes on to say, and this is the passage we read, the the two sixteen passage mm-hmm. um, in Matthew, is that Herod uh, had all of the children in the area of Bethlehem killed from the ages of two to up to like two, up to two. Right? Yeah. So all the infants mm-hmm. uh, up to two years of age in that area killed uh, so that he wouldn't have to deal with another King. He wouldn't have to share power or have his power taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he used his dominion. Herod used his dominion to further his own purposes and not the purposes of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, if you were one of those families who was who had an infant killed by the king, slaughtered, um, if they cried out to God in wailing about mm-hmm. God killing these babies, my point in this reading this passage was to say God didn't kill those children; mm. Herod did. Mm-hmm. Um, Humanity has dominion. We have free will to act as we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has uh, sometimes devastating consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means that we can choose to do and to share grace, to do wonderful things, mm-hmm. and to create societies where where uh, justice prevails. Um, right. Or we can choose to do the opposite. This is the world that God has created for us. And 
when innocent people suffer often, mm-hmm. um, it's because it's not because God has chosen to, to kill that baby or, uh, to give somebody cancer. It's, it's because, uh, uh, uh that of misdeeds of, of humanity. Right. Um, very often. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned cancer. So, so I think, I think too, what's, what's always really difficult around this question. So back to, you know, Adam Hamilton mm-hmm. and the resources that he has. So, so and Adam's a fantastic guy. If you read the book, read anything by Adam, uh, check out his sermon series and sermons and check out their stuff. Adam's fantastic pastor. Um, great insight. Uh, and I think, I think sometimes too, what's so hard about this question Right. So for me, like whenever we're asking questions or, or so Adam does this whole thing where he pulls and goes, okay, what are the big questions that everybody's asking? Right. Like, and it's always like some existential thing. It's like, why am I here? What is my purpose? Cool. We'll get to that probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and then like, why do innocent people suffer? And so I, I want to kind of go into this space, right? So we, we've touched on dominion. So God gives dominion to people over all of creation. Um, uh, not in equality with God, <laughs> we are not equal to God, but we have a role to play in the dominion as God has designed it and, and, is, and is asking us to be willing participants in, in having dominion and taking care of and ruling over, um, because rule in like our language and our context has a very different, I think, kind of thrust to it or meaning to mm-hmm. it than, you know, Jesus was a ruler. Jesus ruled by serving with humility and caring for others and loving people well. I'm like, Oh, so it's backwards. <laughs> um, but in that, right, so we've talked about dominion, and we're talking about, like, why do innocent people suffer? And I think um, this question always is never about just the question. It's about what informs why someone would ask the question. Because, like, for me, if I go, okay, God, why am I suffering? I'm not, it's not because I want to know why I'm suffering. Because, like, finding out why I suffer is not going to fix the fact that I'm suffering. I don't want to suffer. Like, that's, the, the goal here is, like, could I just not? <laughs> could could it just like not be this way? So it, it's good to have clarity on causality and, and some of the reasons why these things happen. But uh, I'm here to encourage you, watcher and listener, that if if we pigeonhole this question, and we want some concrete answer, one size fits all answer in this that is applicable in every situation in life. It doesn't work this way. Um, and I wanted to make that distinction because when you mentioned cancer, right, like. Like that's such a, like it's, or, or even Herod, right? Like there's all these places where we can say that it's not God doing it. Um, but it's also like, we want to know why it's happening. And sometimes those answers aren't as clear Mm -hmm. as, Mm -hmm. well, because of this. And it's like, well, so, so I think to, to move this into, part of the, the solutions mm-hmm. of this, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, well, why do the innocent suffer? Well, first and foremost, I'm assuming I'm innocent. And that's not to say that if I wasn't innocent that I would suffer because that's not, that's not what this question does. So I, I say mm-hmm. that so we can check that off the list. That's not what we're answering. Well, am I innocent or not in, innocent? Because then I get what I deserve and we're going to touch on this soon. That's not, that's not it. Well, I've been given dominion. So if I rule well, then I won't suffer. Also untrue. Right. That's not how this works. Um, I think what I love about this Herod example, which by the way, like this is a part of scripture that's really hard for me to read because it's just so evil. 
right? Um, my sermon last week, I talked about the census. I talked about after Jesus was born, how Mary and J- Joseph, who are dutiful Jewish people, when he's very little, and Mary is kind of just like a little bit postpartum, they make this crazy trek to register Christ in a Roman-occupied territory. So this is a Jewish observance. It's a Jewish mm-hmm. law. But the Romans have access to the records. So when Herod's like, hey, how many babies are two and under? Jesus' name is on a list. So then Herod's like, we'll kill them all. And so they, this isn't Herod just waking up one day, having a bad day and going, you know what? I had indigestion last night and I'm mad because my kingdom could be taken from me. Herod has made intentional steps and methodology and resource to figure out where they are and go find them and then kill them. This is not like absent-minded. This is intentional evil. Well, and he's not looking. I mean, there's one child that he's scared. Yes. Of, and he can't find that one child, so he just says, kill yeah. them all. So, so he's going through the list going, hey, guards, did you, get, did you kill them all? Because I want to make sure we get the one that I'm looking for, but like, did we kill them all, right? Because you can't tell if he got them or not. And like you said, so it's in an effort to get rid of one baby— Herod leans into this unspeakable part of himself that can mm-hmm. do horrific evil with influence mm-hmm. and dominion and kills numerous. Um, and like you were saying, it, it, now you've got these people, um, and I, I, I mean, I'm me. So like, I'm like, man, like, be great to be a guard, right? Be under Herod's charge and go, oh, yeah, I just love— so glad the orders today are to go kill babies. This is fantastic. I'm so glad I signed up for this, you know. Uh, but like, it, this this affects everybody. Mm-hmm. This is just a dark, dark, evil, evil thing. And so then people are left with the question of like, why is this happening, and how could this happen to us? So I'll. This isn't a question you answered, but I think it fits in here before we get to the next part, which is, well, God is loving. <laughs> How could this happen? Um, and I'll insert one more phrase that falls in this, and this is my favorite one, is, well, God is all-powerful. Then how could this happen? Well, Genesis 1 literally tells us how. Well, we have dominion. You have free will. You have a choice. Um, we can choose to do wonderful, good loving, God-filled things. And not saying then your other option is Herod, but like, because you're not Herod. I'm not Herod. You're not Herod. But like, but in that scope, right, of like, or, you know, mm-hmm. we can do some really messed up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. heinous, heinous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oof. Yeah, faith, uh, you know, this this world that we've we live in is filled with, all sorts of dangers, uh, all sorts of corruption. Mm. Um, and having a life of faith does not mean we have a force field you know, that's, that surrounds us. That was the next us, question. Was that that surrounds it. us, um, that protects us. We're not, we're, we're not protected from, from the evil of the world. No, we are not. Um, so this was one of the other notes I had. Uh, thanks, Dave. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> Suffering is not a punishment or a reward. This yep. is something you said from the pulpit. And you kind of touched on it there, but why don't you flesh that mm-hmm. out a little bit more? So one of the, uh, you know, as I've struggled with this, uh, 
both personally and with other people over over the years that I've been in ministry. Uh, there's a passage that I found that that really kind of helps mm-hmm. um, um, in in this in this question. Uh, it comes from Matthew chapter five. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus, uh, where Jesus says uh, he's he's giving the command to love your enemy. Uh, and then he adds to that. He says the because the um, uh, you know the the sun shines on the on the good and the evil, the rain falls upon the righteous and the unrighteous. So he is he is saying that in, in his description of of the world that has been created, he's saying there's all of this stuff out there, both good and bad, mm-hmm. that just kind of as as part of the lay of the land. And that good happens and bad happens, and it's not because you're you're righteous or unrighteous. Um, it's it's just part of the creation that is is made. It's not that the evil necessarily are being punished. It's not that the good are being rewarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that these things happen in life uh, as part of of this creation. Right. Um, being that this comes from Jesus, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, gives it weight mm-hmm. to me, and and has me uh, helps me to put emphasis on that because I'm a follower of Jesus. And so to hear him say that that evil um, occurrences uh, or bad things that happen to to people are not because they've deserved it. Uh, good things that happen to people are not necessarily because they deserve it. It's just things that kind of happen as part of the course of living in creation. Yeah, I, like, so, because my brain is my brain, you know, uh, I talked a little bit before about kind of like my faith formation and my faith journey, right? And so, you know, for a long time for me, what was always really helpful, what I always found really helpful, right, was, well, I can understand whatever the way, like, the work gets me. Like if there's, and this sounds like really dumb, I think, (laughs) or you might be like, Kelly, of course that's not how it works. But like, you'd be surprised at how many people, how so many of us think this way or we believe this way, right? Is if I do good things, then good things are going to happen for me. And if I like, or, or, you know, if I, if I do this, then here's kind of the guarantee or the earnings of that, or like this or that. And, and because I want some assuredness or, or I want some level of, um, you know, security or stability or, or knowing that what I'm working towards is good or what I'm doing is blessed by God and it's, and it's intention, like, like it's in line, right? And I think I live in a culture, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I think I live in a culture that very much prioritizes and says that's how it works. That if you do this then, and it's good, then the outcome is the proof that this thing was good. Now, Jesus, or the epistles more often, talk about things like fruit and the assurance of what we've done of it being good is the fruit that it quote-unquote produces. Um, but I don't think the, the production of fruit or the, the, the fruit that we get to measure against is necessarily a wage or this promise of safety and security or like that means then good. I, I, I think back to Matthew 5, what I love about where Jesus puts this in the Sermon on the Mount, right, is um, as I started to learn (laughs) that 
my perspective that way was not only totally off base, but it wasn't what God was up to. It's not what God is up to, and, and it's not what God was trying to share with me or have me like do, is that um, it's so much more freeing to understand that like God has called me into these things that I can do, that I can go, oh, this is, this is the thing that I get to go, oh, this is fruitful and good. And it's not even necessarily always about what that produces or what I get back from it. It's just like I can focus my energy and the way that I was intentionally created and come alive in that because it's it's submitted to God and it's good and it's wholesome and it's just full of Jesus and it's and it's exactly what it is. It's supposed to be, and that's it. It's not about what happens then later. It's not about what I get because of that. It's just being in that moment. And so when Jesus is talking about loving your enemy and blessing those who persecute you and caring for those, it's when we get to be free in that, it's because I'm not concerned with having to control everyone and everything else because the proof of the good that God has called me to be a part of and to do and to have dominion in the way that God has intended it to be, the proof of that is not that then the world then does what it's supposed to do. It's that while the world is losing its ever-loving mind and rulers like Herod get to have dominion and do evil, I get to be a part of doing the good that God has called us to do, and then that's where I get to stay. Mm -hmm. It does not promise me safety. It does not promise me security. It doesn't promise me a really good, sweet bank account. It doesn't promise me wonderful retirement. It doesn't promise me health. Mm but I get to be free in these moments where God, Jesus is like, hey, when we love, when you love people like this and you're in communities, right, where people love you like this, that is so good. And then we go, oh, this is what this means. Mm -hmm. And so we're free in that to be who God has called us to be, unshackled, undeterred, unbothered, not unbothered, but like un like controlled by these other mechanisms and devices that would go, well, you know what? The way to retain power and the way to have influence and the proof of doing the good is hoarding or retaining or being a willing to do things like Herod so I can keep it mm -hmm. as opposed to Jesus who like, um, and we'll get into your, your quote from Henry Nowen here in a minute. But Jesus' model to us, right, was like Jesus came and suffered with us, mm -hmm. right? And so... It's like, oh, so maybe the Sermon on the Mount is a little bit of a nudge towards, oh, we're free to choose this. Mm -hmm. And but there's but all the other things that the world that we think are guarantees of that good are not how that really works. Right. Well, and Matthew five puts the the <laughs> um talks about the love of enemies. So we are freed uh to love our enemy, um, which is uh very countercultural, right? <laughs> um, but then that freedom that we have can be used to love instead mm -hmm. of to hate, right? Which is this 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 freeing uh, peace that comes from falling in line to being who God created us to be, right? Well, in in uh, again before we get to the now and quote, like you said something before that I loved. So you talked about. Um, Talk about righteous and unrighteous. Um, mm -hmm. There was this other part in here. Oh, ca, 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 ca. suffering is not a punishment or a reward. So mm -hmm. something you said Sunday that mm -hmm. I oh, I 
bumper. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get anybody to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> uh, people are going to run from me. I'm like, what do you mean, Kelly? Like, I don't get what I deserve. Well, like, uh, you know, um, but like that was one of the uh, maybe the major domino I was kind of referring to before. Like mm-hmm. once I started, I, I God started helping me abandon that way of thinking. Mm-hmm really helped me to go, oh, so like, I don't get to, for me, it's really unhelpful to justify how good I am or what God is up to in my life or like by my suffering, my unsuffering. Now, yes, of course, we can talk about like, hey, uh, there's consequences, right? There's some things like know that, right? But but you're talking more in line with like when there's some like cataclysmic or catastrophic difficult thing that happens, we're trying to figure out why this would happen and as opposed to like, well, no, like there's no guarantee. Um, and there never was. Mm-hmm. It's not part of it's not part of how life was designed or worked. Well, that's not true. In paradise, everything was meant to work well and perfect harmony and, and do good. But because that's not where we currently are now, there's all this other kind of chaos and stuff that happens. But what if we adopted a mindset, right? Where like, we're not obsessive about people getting what they deserve. And, you know, sometimes like for me, I don't know about you, Dave, but there, there's some problematic ways that that was portrayed to me or put to me where, people would highlight like my own kind of struggles to make me feel very small and bad because if I have done bad things, then how dare I think about what somebody else has done. So it just made me feel like really small and terrible and bad. And that's not a helpful perspective of like, ugh. like I think it's more in line with um, that's not for me to figure out because there is no good answer for that way of th- line of thinking. It, it, there's no there's no solution that answers that in a way. Jesus answers it in the Sermon on the Mount, which is like, no, the answer is like, go love. Be loved, mm-hmm. love God, love others. And, and, and as you do that, like, you're not, I'm not worried about what people deserve at that point. Because I don't have time for that thinking. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't help with any of that. And so like, we're set free from that. But like, I can't tell you, Dave, how many times like I get stuck in that or I think about like conversations I have with people where like that's a that's a that's like a thought, right? Or a pattern or a way of life where it's like, well, I should get what I deserve and other people should get what they deserve. And it's like, well, hold on. So we're going to use our dominion now to make sure everybody gets what they get. Mm hmm. And then Jesus's response to that, right? It's like, hey, let me come down and live with y'all and love y'all right. and show you how it is and then right. die. Because <laughs> Jesus totally got what Jesus deserved, right? Well, we, we, again, we used our dominion. Right. Um, even, in, even in the case of, of Christ, the God come to put skin on um, to be one of us. Um, and we killed him. Yeah. While Jesus was like, hey, let's love, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, abandoning, not necessarily abandoning that, right? Because for me, if I just try to like come up then with my own way of thinking, it's just as problematic as the first. It's well, what is God's will in that, right? Like what is God up to? What is God calling us into? And I think 
you put it really well with Genesis, you know, one twenty six and 28, and then, you know, Matthew 5, which is like, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do this. Cool. So let's talk about, it's, like... <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> yeah, clear as mud. Um, it's actually way clearer than that. It's just, then I get involved, and then it gets all crazy. Um, yeah, so suffering is not a punishment or a reward. Um it's a really hard type of thing to think through, right? Well, I mean, if you get what you deserve, I mean, you're really talking about karma, you know, the idea of karma, which is, is not the idea of the good news. Right. You know, in, in the good news, we get what we don't deserve. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, those getting what you deserve that really falls into that idea of karma, which is a topic I'm not going to go into right now. Uh, but that's that's not Christianity. No, it's not. And and I think there's there's two pieces of that, right? Is so it, it's I think there's two negative ways to live into that, right? One mm-hmm. is, um, well, I'm going to be an agent of using my dominion to make sure people get what they get. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> no. Or two, and this is the one that I find like myself gravitates to the most. Mm-hmm. So before I call everybody else out, right? And then people I know who are like, well, I'm not the person trying to cause that in their lives, but they're praying for it. There's there's a difference, right? Like this is this is totally not the scripture we're using before, but a but a biblical account in the gospels, right, that I think is really poignant on this is like the Good Samaritan. It's like, oh, well, you know, you deserve the consequences of your actions. So, like, while you're bleeding and dying on the side of the street, I'm just going to walk right by you and pretend like you don't exist. And so, even if you're not or I'm not a person who is actively working and using my dominion to help people find their just reward, (laughs) I think there's another problematic perspective of if I'm also a passive person who's just hoping they get what they get. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not working in the ways that you've mentioned, which is using dominion to help people and to love them well and to share the good news and to live that out with them in community, then they're both bad. Mm-hmm. We're, our dominion is also not meant to be used passively and pray that God would destroy people. Um, it's, you know, I, I mean, I've asked people before, they're like, well, you know, let God sort them out. And I'm like, what what is what does that mean they're like well psh, god's god's the judge and i go but jesus like like what how do you reconcile that right tell us about this henry nowen quote that i have like literally said four times but like i don't know any other part of it than the end <laughs> well i don't think i can repeat the whole thing it was a paragraph um, it was a really good quote, by the way. I'll, I'll find it and put it in the description underneath the, the video. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, now and just calls attention to um, the fact that when we suffer um, in whatever that suffering is, God is with us. Christ mm. is with us. And really, he pulls the uh, uh, story of the incarnation into this, into this idea of Christ became human. This is the Christmas story. This is the the idea of incarnation. You know, we've just we've just uh, covered that in in December, and we talk about that every Christmas. But it is true every day of our lives 
that Christ came to be one of us mm. to to understand the hurts that we have, to experience the same weaknesses and, and injuries that we have uh, so that he can be with us uh, and suffer with us. Mm-hmm. And so now and was pointing kind of was putting a, an exclamation point on the fact that when we suffer, God suffers with us. It's not God's plan right. that we suffer. It never is. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy is that whenever there's a natural catastrophe, there always seems to be a Christian saying, and this, this was punishment for whatever, whatever that person's kind of thing is, um, which is just not true. And it's not Christian to even say that it's, it's back to me saying Mm -hmm. the concept of like, well, I wasn't actively making sure they got punished, Mm -hmm. but I sure as heck hope they did. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, you know, the this thing that, that Christ does, this grace that works in our lives, changes our hearts, mm-hmm. or it changes nothing. Um, and we, again, we have the free will, we have the dominion to resist that change, mm-hmm. resist the, the idea that we are called to be compassionate to others, mm-hmm. and to give mercy to others. And we can stay in, in the world, and we can still uh, wish evil to, to fall upon those who deserve it. Um, or we can we can be compassionate and learn what it means to to be with people in their in their suffering, mm-hmm. uh, because God is there with us, and God is with them whether we want Him to or not. Um, that's say that again. <laughs> no, no, that's a really that's a that's a that's a smack. Well, yeah, God is with all of creation. We're all creatures created by God. And when any one of us is suffering, God is with us. Now, we, in our human point of view, might not want that to happen, but it's going to happen anyway. Doesn't that just sound so bad? It's like, oh, you're suffering. I hope God isn't with you. Like, so... You know, know, I do prison ministry, and I hear that an awful lot. Well, God, they deserve what they're getting. Um, They don't deserve, Dave, you going in there and, and... giving any kind of comfort in in the the name of Jesus Christ because they don't deserve that comfort. They don't deserve the the good news of Jesus Christ. Um and that that is always really shocking when I hear that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately I hear it a lot. I think um kind of like I guess my my closing thought here right is um <sighs> You're you're touching on a thread, right? Where where we'll say things like, "Oh, well, now they don't deserve it," or passively hoping for the destruction of people, or hope God's not over there, right? I think, um, you know, there is a contrast. This is one I think the hardest things about Jesus as a person, right? Because not to not to be that guy, but like, you know, it's one thing when you know, there's a bunch of commandments and laws given to somebody that they wrote on a stone tablet thousands and thousands of years ago to a group of people that I can't relate to and I wasn't there. And God is like passing messages to people through prophets and through visions and through dreams and like, you know, and and we're accountable to that, right? And then it's totally different when God's like, I'm going to come as a human being and show you what I want. <laughs> and I go, oh no. <laughs> Now, now it's like, now I can't like feign this ignorance of like, when Jesus is like, love your enemies. I'm like, wait, wait, so who's, wait, well, hold on. 
What which is it? Which enemies? Which enemies? <laughs> like, you know, the ones that I really like that loathe are like the ones that like, you know, you cut know. me off in traffic, right? Yeah. Like, like, and, and bless those who persecute. Well, hold on. <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. What is, what is that? You know, like, ugh, like, what does that mean? And, and so the, the, I said it before, the freedom of Christ, right? It's like, as my, as my stuff, the light of Christ, the example of Christ, the, the Spirit is at work, and God is calling to me in love and grace and mercy. As God is calling me close, and I'm like having this full awareness of my ick, right? Um, it's not that I can just magically be compassionate because I'm like, today I'm going to be compassionate. You ever have days like that, by the way, where you're like, today I'm going to do all the good stuff, and then like, the next thing that happens is like the day is now ruined because I lost my mind because I'm impatient, right? It's like, ah. But I would invite you into this uh, uh, place of when God says, hey, you have dominion. My tendency is to go, oh, I have dominion. Cool. What do I get to do with it? As opposed to, hey, God, what would you have me do with it? And so when we're talking about when I'm talking about when you're talking about like being compassionate, when that ick gets revealed to me, that's in me that God is at work in, right? Because God hasn't abandoned me in my ick, but God is absolutely going. Give me your ick. Mm -hmm. Like I want you to be compassionate. So if you are not going to be compassionate right now, or there's parts of you that don't want to be, to be, let me work on them. Mm -hmm. The the I think that's one of the things that's hard too. Is like I absolutely want to view God as this God who like is long suffering and gracious and kind and always loves me and always accepts me, accepts me. Absolutely true. And also, <laughs> Oh, I'm wishing for judgment upon that head. And God's like, I'm not cool with that. We need to work on that. So that also comes with the, Jesus is like, Hey, I want you to do it this way. And so when we're not understand that God is loving and kind and patient with you, but also change submit over to God, give it to God, and let God then inform what you need to do now. Um, because that's how we use our dominion well, mm-hmm. right? Is, okay, God, then what would, what would you have me do? Um, you know, it, it's a, don't run. Like, this goes back to the doubt series we're doing. Is like, when you get convicted of like, oh, that's really gross and ick and evil or sinful or whatever it is in me that like, uh-oh, <laughs> there's a light on that. Uh, don't run from God with that. Go to God and be like, hey, God, you're gracious and kind and merciful with me. Now help me not be this, because um, we need help. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Closing thought? Yeah, I, I just want everybody um, to know um, that if you're you're doubting, um, that if you're dealing with this question of mm-hmm. uh, why has somebody I love you know, been taken from me, uh, or some other kind of version of that. Um, give us a call. Give us a shout. Yeah. Give us, drop us an email. Um, you know, we've touched, just kind of scratched the surface. There's so much more uh, that could have been said uh, that just can't be said in, in you know in 20 or 30 minutes. Um, but if this is is you, and we know that these are the questions that are most asked. Uh, so if any time in this series we're touching on these topics. And it's, it's troubling to you or it's causing doubt within you. Uh, know that we're not going to 
uh, call you a sinner or we're not going to make fun mm. of you for having doubts or think less of you as a Christian. I mean, that's just part of, of living our life as a human is to have these doubts. Uh, but we, we want to help you, you, you kind of work through those things. Uh, and would, you know, either one of us would just be blessed to, to have that conversation with you. So if, mm. if, 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 if we've touched a sore spot here or, uh, touched a question that you're having, or, or a doubt that you're experiencing, give us a, give us a call, come, come see us. Um, and, uh, let's, let's work through that. We'd love to be there for you. Amen, brother. I'm pastor Kelly. And I'm pastor Dave. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.